This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, Disability Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I am the ever comic loving Robert. You just can't say your name. All you have to do is just say your name at the intro. I know that would be nice. It wouldn't would it? be. It would be nice for me. My heart. It yeah. Yeah, your your poor heart. But we do have a guest on. Yes. A fan a, 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 a friend of the podcast. Yes, a friend of a new friend of the podcast. We always yes. love those. And our our friend today is his name is Brett Murphy and he works with or worth with or for or owns or all of the above a comic book company called Legacy Comics for the moment. Brett, give us a little definition of what it is you do for the, the Legacy Comics. Uh, guys, first, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, big fan. Um, yeah, as you guys mentioned, my name is Brett Murphy. Uh, I am actually one of the co-founders for uh, Legacy Comics. Uh, not the store, but the uh, actual publishing company. Um and basically, uh, what I do there is I'm also a uh, writer as well, um, and uh, I guess also the uh, marketing man. Uh, so I kind of uh, uh, do it all over there. Um, but uh, I also have to mention that um, I'm not the only founder of the company. Uh, it's myself, uh, Michael Masati, who's down in Florida, and uh, Nico Valdez, who is in Argentina. We're the uh, three co-founders of uh, Legacy Comics. That's pretty exciting. You got a kind of a, an international crew going, um, a little bit from everywhere. So, you guys, how did you guys even kind of meet to create what is now Legacy Comics, and how did that start? Uh, basically, we met because we're, we're we were working on a uh, comic that was um, going to be a, a serial uh, uh, issued uh, comic called Bambino. And when we were working on the comic, we were thinking about um, submitting it to a couple of uh, publishing companies to. Uh, get published and you know we, we sent it out and we were thinking to ourselves you know why can't we just self-publish ourselves i mean it seems like all these companies when you submit your comics they're being looked at by people who were you know former tv executives former tv producers who are basically suits who you know didn't really grow up in the, the comic book uh, community and kind of aren't really in touch with us true nerds and geeks so we figured why not start a company by True nerds and geeks, where we, you know, kind of have an inside knowledge of what to put out and what people actually like to read. So we just went forward with it. Now, you, you mentioned your first comic. Do you guys still produce that comic under your new legacy comic name, or have you kind of moved on to other stories? Um, uh, so we're actually going to pr- pr- uh, publish it under our uh, legacy comic name. And um, we're going to produce that along with some other stories that we have uh, that we're working on as well. Now, I'm assuming you have a full crew, art, ink, you know, all the usuals. Are those people that you've hired, brought on, or do you guys do all your own work as well? Uh, right now, we're uh, Nico, Mike, and myself are doing most of the work. We have brought on a couple of writers. Um, actually, uh, Robert uh, Dormeau is uh, a writer from the UK who actually just joined our team and we'll be writing the Hot Hunter story that's going to be part of our horror anthology. And um, right now we're also taking submissions, 
and we've looked through quite a few uh, art samples and uh, writing samples, so we're going to be sending out some notices pretty soon um, for people that are going to hire on board to uh, to either write their own creator, own story, or work with us on something that we have that, that we wanted to work on. Dude, for, first off, man, big props on you guys, like, sticking it to the man. I mean, to stay true to, like, the art and, like, the actual love of it is just incredible. And, you know, I mean, not to say, like, you would have gone with the production house, it would have been, like, you selling out. But was it, like, a collective thing? Like, you all just sat there and just, like, why are we doing this? Let's just do this ourselves. And how scary was that? Or was it not scary at all? And you guys were just like, heck, yeah, uh, let's mean, do it. I'm not going to lie. I can't speak for Nico and Mike, but I was a little scared at first. But then after thinking about it, I just said, you know what? I mean, we, we could do it. I mean, I, I mean, you see so many stories where people would start up and self-publish, and you, you see some successful stories. You see some horror stories. But, I mean, b- between the three of us, I mean, we're, we're just driven. And, I mean, I, I just believe in this company, and I believe in my other uh, partners there. And, you, you know what, I just I, I just told them, let's just dive in and do it. And, and they agreed, and we're going uh, full steam ahead. Very cool. Now, this is something that I listened to. Uh, Todd McFarlane, when he broke away from Marvel, um, one of the things that he wanted to keep true was that the the writers and the artists kept like their intellectual properties. Is that what you guys are going to be based on if you bring on these new writers, or are is everything going to be owned by your uh, company? No, we're gonna. Everybody's gonna have their own um, own their own intellectual property. Um, the only time that we'll ever take a piece is if it's something that we created or had a part of. Um, for example, uh, you know, I came up with the idea of Bambino, but um, Mike and um, and Nico jumped on board. So you know what? Since they're on the team, I I gave them a piece of that uh, create creative rights, and um, so so we are really people in their own uh, property. But um, we just said that if you know we're creating something, that we still have a piece of that uh, ownership. Now, I found that an interesting conversation to have um, rights and stuff like that because it's it's a complicated business to get into. Um, when you start thinking about the rights and the creative licensing and the artwork and all the pieces to that, talk to us a little bit how that kind of works out. I mean, do, is there a lot of paperwork involved for you guys? Do you have to really kind of get into that? Or do you just kind of say, okay, you guys are getting this credit and we're just going to focus on the story? Um, yeah, I mean, it, there wasn't really too much back and forth. Um, for example, with Bambino, we just said, you know, I, I just made it simple. Let's just own everything equally. Um, so, so for Bambino, for example, you know, we each own 33% of of the rights to that story and um for this horror anthology um obviously the there's gonna be four stories so we're not gonna own all four stories because the fourth story we put out um a request for a submission so we're not really gonna own the rights to that story but for the entire book itself when you have something like that with a collective uh, group of artists and writers we basically just split that evenly across the board so so that will be an even split when you have something like that now, talk to me about the stories. Now, you said you're doing some of the writing, some of the some of your people you're working with are doing the writing, some people are submitting things. For these stories, it's so hard, I would think, these days to come up with original, especially in the horror realm. So much of it's already been done. Where, where do you kind of pull some of your inspiration from for these? Um, so for the horror story, um, it's actually interesting because I, um, I, I watch YouTube a lot. Um, I watch a lot of the collective videos, a lot of the horror reviews, movie reviews. And there's um, 
one person out in Hollywood, uh, his his YouTube name is What Movie One, and in his videos he has a friend Aaron K. Carter who's a horror director, and he just directed a film called An Hour to Kill, which is on Amazon Prime right now, and I watched that movie and I liked one of the stories within that movie. Um, and I reached out to him and I said, hey, um, you know, I'm a big fan of your movie. Could I ever use one of your stories that's within the movie for this horror anthology? And, you know, he said, yeah, I'm on board with it. That sounds awesome. So that right there gave us one of the four stories for our um, anthology. Um, but for the other stories, uh, it was really just a, um, a brainstorming session. Uh, for example, I'm writing one uh, with Mike Masati, who's going to be doing the artwork, and he kind of came up with the idea. It's it's based off a um, a married couple um, who's wealthy, but it has a twist to the story where the husband is a serial killer, and I won't go too far in the story, but there is a cloning machine involved, so I guess everybody can use their imagination to kind of go from there where, where the story's going to head. And then for, um, for the other ones, uh, for the other two stories, um, uh, like I mentioned before, we're going to be working with a um, an NBA player because um, we're going to be um, basically helping out a, a local charity here in Philadelphia. Um, so that story is going to be a zombie story. So obviously inspiration for that. I watch a lot of The Walking Dead, um, Land of the Dead, uh, Zombieland. So I kind of get my inspiration from, from those movies um, when I'm writing a story like that. And then... Um, for the fourth story, uh, right now we're looking at submissions, so uh, that one we will have an answer um, sometime after September 2nd with uh, what the last horror story for the anthology is going to be. Oh, very cool. Now, how, how you know, people, like, write stories all the time, whether or not they actually, you know, get it out to the world, they keep it to themselves. But I have to imagine, like, if you want to do a comic book, when you're writing a comic book, is it a little different because you have to involve the artist and the artist has to like put these cells and and set up these scenes with your with your story, right? How how does that dynamic work with the artist? Like for instance, for what you're working on, how does that how does that process work out? So uh, it, it, I I lucked out working with uh, Nico and Mike on these stories. Um, you know, I, I'll bring to them the script, and they'll have a lot of input, saying like, "Hey, you know, I think we have too many panels on this page. It might look a little sloppy." Or they might make some suggestions saying, like, what if we have um, the angle of this panel, you know, do an extended view, um, you know, a reverse shot of, of the scene, and, and they'll have a lot of input. And, you know, I just trust those guys, and, you know, I um, I believe that they can make it right, and I, I just usually, you know, go ahead with it and, and trust their instinct, and, and um, nine times out of ten, it comes out perfect. Nice. Now, let me ask you this, just as a side note. Who's your who like when you think of artists and and writers when they collaborate who's like your top three? Oh man top three artists and writers yeah like the combos like the guys that work best together you know sometimes they're they're talented enough to work you know by themselves but like when they're together it's magic who are your top three i would say top one i might have to go with snyder and capullo on uh on their batman run very nice, very nice pull. Yeah, that yeah, was. Epic I would run say, man, I, number two, I, I like Claremont and uh, Jim Lee because I, I mean, I'm a child of the early '90s, late '80s, so I have to go with Jim Lee and Chris Claremont on their X Men run. Yeah, that was when X Men kind of like took that turn, right? Like it became, 
it became a little bit more gritty. Uh, like the cover art was definitely like way different than the '80s ones. Oh yeah, that that's when the you know the whole um, animated series came out. That's when I really you know I I was about five or six years old, so I was just getting into reading, and and that's when I just you know really fell in love with comics and fell in love with the X Men, and and it just took off from there. And then, man, I, I guess the third one's going to sound weird and just out of nowhere, but I was a real big fan of the Marvel Team-Up series, and I think they were written by uh, Tom DeFalco, and I think Art Adams actually did the illustrations for those. Oh, yes, Legendary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say those are my top three. Very nice. You can't argue with that list. I mean, yeah, you, you got a couple of the guys that I would have picked also, like that Batman one was an excellent pull. I mean... You know, the that stuff was, like, groundbreaking when I saw it because, you know, I drifted away from comics for a little while, and then I found those, and I was like, this is what comics are like now? Like, it's definitely oh, yeah, the, the different. whole Court of Ale series was amazing. I, I mean, and then they put it in um, the Gotham TV show, and and it was just incredible. I thought that was a great idea to, to introduce, uh, you know, a villain like that to Batman uh the Batman world. Yeah, and that's and it's kind of the interesting thing that and Ernie mentioned this already just a moment ago about the the comic book world changing, the comics themselves changing. I've I've one of my biggest complaints about comics today versus when I was a kid was you could get a story in one comic or maybe even two, but that was it, or maybe a four part series and you'd have the whole story. These days, it's the art pages are better, or the art is is really pops, but the story itself. They're just so much shorter. When you guys are making, when you guys are making this anthology that you're putting together, I'm assuming they're going to be complete stories all together. Yeah, uh, getting different parts. Yeah, they're going to be uh, complete stories that we're going to try to fit in there. Um, you know, each story is going to be about 15 pages long, but yeah, they're they're going to be complete stories. And how long does it? You kind of talked about the cre- the creative process. How long does it take to really kind of put? the artwork together because you you know because we're kind of talked about that conceptual process of the panels but like okay here's the story i'm gonna have dialogue do you guys start with the dialogue and the concept of the story or do you guys start with here's the overarching pieces let's make the panels and then work the dialogue in after um we usually do uh where we have the dialogue first and then um once the pages are written i'll send them over to uh either mike or nika whoever's doing the artwork and and they'll sketch everything out. They'll send it over before they actually go to ink um, the panels, and they'll just make sure everything looks okay. And then, and then they go from there. Once, um, once we kind of agree on on the look of the page. And uh, the art stylings that you guys are going to be using for this, um, are, is there a specific style that you're looking for, or because you said you're still looking at some of the prop, you know, the propositions that are coming your way for uh, different stories, or is there an art style you're looking for? Do you want it all kind of be the same, or you want each story to really be its own? kind of creative piece of art um honestly what we're looking for is we want each story to have its own you know different art style we don't want every story to be the same um for example the three stories that we're doing right now um they're all going to be in color but there's uh some teams that have submitted um pieces that are in black and white and to us that's kind of cool because it's different and their style of art is different from both mike and nico so we kind of wanted to not just be the same story throughout the book. We want everything to be different. We want it to appeal to all different kinds of readers. You know, we just don't want it to be the same. You know, that, that black and white, that kind of comic book noir feel, that must have looked amazing. I mean, 
do you get like giddy and all excited when you look at them? Do are you like, holy cow, this is awesome! I can't believe I'm I'm actually doing something like this. Oh yeah, it's it, you know every day I get it. I'm like, oh man, that looks like something out of The Walking Dead, or oh that looks like you know something uh, out of Farmhand, and it's it's just amazing to see all these artists and and their different styles of art, um, you know, being sent to us for submissions, and you know it's just a joy to you know, see this great artwork every day. It's, you know, it's, it's awesome. I, I enjoy reading it and I enjoy looking through it. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Well, we're, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we come back, we want to talk about beyond the horror anthology you guys are doing. What is the next steps? What are you guys going to do to become really huge? But we're going to do a quick commercial break before then, and we will be right back. Seamless transition. And we return. So we know what's coming right now, right like in the spotlights. I'm hoping by the end of the year, it sounds like. What's the next steps? What are the other plans you guys have beyond the anthology? Are you going to have more regular stories come out? Are you going to have monthlies, weeklies? What are you talking? So right now, if this anthology does well, how much we're hoping it will, um, we might do that as a monthly um, monthly thing for our company where we have a horror anthology um, every month or every other month where we um, accept submissions and maybe produce some of the other horror ideas that we have as well. But other than that, we're working on a uh, couple of series. Um, as I mentioned before at the beginning, we're working on one called Bambino. Um, that's kind of like a mix between a sci-fi noir uh, comic. And that's already written and the artwork's um, almost done. So we're planning on releasing that sometime this spring. And um, other than that, I mean, that sounds amazing, by the way. That yeah, it's awesome. um, you know, it's it's really cool. You know, it, it it deals with a lot of robots, a lot of uh, you know, mobsters. It's just it's just incredible, and the artwork that um Nico provided for that is is just amazing. And um, another thing that we're doing with that book is um, for each issue, we're gonna have a a cover B that's gonna be an homage to either a a mobster movie uh, poster or a sci-fi poster. And um, I can say for the first issue, the, the homage that we have is is pretty damn cool. So it sounds like you've taken a lot of your influence, not just from the comic world, but from movies and from, from maybe horror films and, and mobster movies. What are some of the ones that you take most direct from? Like what are the big ones that you just love and want to put in everything you can? Uh, I mean, I was... In in terms of uh, movies, I mean, I I was a big uh, you know mom movie fan growing up. I was you know I'm in love with Goodfellas, in love with Godfather, love the Soprano series. So I try to take some elements from the shows and some of the uh, the I guess I get some of the inspirations for some of the uh, the gory scenes in the book from uh, from watching you know, either the Sopranos or some of the killing scenes in Goodfellas. I, I guess I draw inspiration from from those movies and shows and kind of put that into my writing. Um, as can be seen in the first issue of Bambino, um, there's a couple scenes in there that are you know, pretty graphic that uh, that are a little scary. But uh, I, I would say from those shows is where I really draw my inspiration from. Man, you picked some good ones there. I mean, you got Goodfellas, who was Scorsese. And you got the Godfather, who was Coppola. If you had to pick one of the two, who do you lean more towards? Because they both can frame a shot like nobody else. Uh, so who 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 do you give the who do you give the nod to if you had to give it to just one of them? You no, know I'd, I'd have to go with Scorsese. I, I'm always going to be a, a Scorsese, Goodfellas, you know, Aviator. You know, I'm, I'm always a Scorsese fan. 
Nice, nice pull. Yeah. yeah, and it's all about the eyebrows too. You gotta, you gotta go for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, the bushy eyebrows. <laughs> now, now it's interesting because you talk about the gore and the violence in the comic, uh, based off the movies, and, and going for that mobster feel with some of the scenes, even though it's horror, so it's horror mobster kind of feel. I'm assuming, obviously, given that that it's not a kids comic, um, what what are your what are your comics going to be rated and with that does that put any hamper on your distribution at all well um so for bambino it's going to be you know a, a mature rating but uh but right now i mean we have some submissions and we're working on some other books that are you know going to be in that you know teen rating a couple of kids books that we have some ideas for so we're going to try to you know branch out to all different ages uh, we just don't want to be known as a you know mature comic publishing company because that hampers ourselves and kind of you know it basically uh, restricts us from really doing anything else or really getting our name out there with uh with the other age brackets so um so we're gonna make sure that we have a good mixture of you know you know between kids books uh, adult books and and you know the in-betweens now as far as genre goes i mean obviously you're going in the horror realm but with some of these other titles do you have kind of a do you want to have a you're known for this kind of genre, this type of comic, or you kind of want it to be this is where the artists go to get their comics published? No, I honestly just want to be known as, you know, a place where the artists and writers go to get their comics published. You know, if you have a good story, you have good art, you know, we want to publish you. We want to get your name out there. And, I mean, what we want to do to try to set us from the rest is, you know, I see a lot of these – publishing companies not not really necessarily like the big three like image dc or marvel but some of these other indie companies you know i see a lot of posts where people say that they've been rejected they had their comics rejected because you know a character didn't look like a movie star or you know they they can't see it being a tv show and we don't really want that i don't think that's right because not every comic should have a you know their art look like a movie star it should be their own creative idea and that's what we want to bring. We want to bring. If you have a good story and good art, we want to get it out there. So I got it. Uh, I think I think you were going to say something, weren't you, Rob? No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that I was. I was curious to note because Ernie, you're a huge fan of the DC universe because they do the comic to comic book movie to the animated movie. Is that? Do you consider that the same thing for yourself? That if you made it into an animated movie, you could see that happening with some of your stories. Well, um, animated, I don't really, I don't really consider that the, the same. I, I, I feel like it's more so like, um, you know, I see a lot of publishers saying like, oh, um, you know, for some of the ones that they picked, they said, oh, well, this character looks like Mel Gibson. I can see see this being a movie where Mel Gibson plays this character. And I feel like they're not looking at it the right way. They should look at it as if you know, it's this cool art and a cool story, not as you know, oh, well, this guy can play him in a movie or, you know, this actress looks like Jennifer Lawrence. So we can you know, go ahead and publish this comic book. So with with all of your background in writing and stuff like that, what was the last book that you actually like the story that it was like it spoke to you the most recently? Like it could be one of the major ones or it could be an indie one. Which one really got to you? Uh, the comic that I really, you know, fell in love with that I recently just read, um, and I know I was a little late to the game on it, was uh, God Country by uh, Donny Cates, and um, I think Jeff Shaw did the artwork for that as well. Um, you know, I had the, um, I read it from start to finish. I know it's only a six, uh, six issue series or six issue run, but um, 
know, just the, the reading and the artwork was just amazing. And, you know, I really fell in love with that book and, you know, kind of inspired me to, you know, really start writing and, you know, really getting into this business. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, it is a business, right? I mean, you know, the art and everything else, but you need to make a little bit of, of money in this as well. I get it. But I mean, you know, without the passion, then you're just doing it. You know, it's just like any other job, right, at that point. Yeah, I mean, if you're just doing it for the money, then it's, you know, it's boring. I mean, it, you really should have a passion for it. You know, I like I said before, I love looking at the artwork. I love, you know, reading people's, uh, you know, writing submissions. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's great waking up every morning to this. I mean, it's it's, it's really awesome. So let me ask you this: So you you got you got yourself started. You got your 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 book coming out. You have you know most of the stories written or being written or be or, or almost done. Where where would people be able to find this comic if they wanted to go out and get it? Are you going to be at the comic stores? You go into cons? Or are you just distributing locally? How does well, that work? Um, right now we're planning on doing a, a Kickstarter for the horror anthology, but um, we're also planning on doing. I'm doing a couple of. Going to be going to a couple of comic cons in this spring out in the uh, Philadelphia, up in the Northeast area, um, and I've been talking with Mike as well um, about maybe having him go out to a couple of cons down in Florida. Um, but other than the cons and Kickstarter, I am in the process of talking to a couple of local comic shops with uh, getting that horror anthologies in stores and maybe doing a couple of uh, you know release um, release parties and. And also, uh, you know, uh, just basically uh, putting it out there on Facebook and trying to gauge the reaction to see, you know, if, if we should be doing more cons in the summer for this book as well. So last year, or is it earlier this year, I'm not sure, um, kind of, uh, you know, superhero movies kind of took a turn with, with Brightburn. It was kind of like a hero horror genre type thing. And uh, I'm seeing now that like a lot more of that uh, genre is coming out. Do you do you think it's going to be something like in the next year or so you're going to see a lot more uh, movies and books leaning more that way, or or is it just part of the natural cycle of storytelling? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're going to see a lot more stories. You know, I, th I feel like we're going to see a lot more you know comic movies go away towards you know the main Marvel and DC universe. We're gonna have like those darker superhero movies like Brightburn. Um, I feel I feel like um, you know almost Watchmen's almost like the same way. And that was kind of like an anti-hero story um, in my mind, and I feel like that's what's gonna be the new norm going forward. Um, especially now that Marvel's kind of transitioning away from you know the Avengers, and you know news just came out today that you know Spider-Man's not going to be in the Marvel universe anymore. So I, I feel like it is going to be a push more towards, you know, almost like the indie superheroes. Which will be interesting because it's definitely uh, a new direction. Cause I saw that myself th uh, this, this past week, um, you know, and it's, it's pretty crazy that, that, I mean, we knew it was always kind of a trepidatious uh, com a connection with Spider-Man and the MCU, unfortunately, but it does open up for a lot of other heroes to come in, but it's going to be a huge hole to fill. Do you feel that for what you guys are doing, you're filling a, a market um, that isn't there, that is, there isn't a lot of horror, there isn't a lot of, you know, independent, real independent uh, companies out there that are doing just these random offbeat stories that are cool and really good art and just have a unique story and a new unique perspective um, out there in the anthology form? Or do you feel you're kind of going up against some other big guys and you're going to have a, a little bit of a, 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 
but ways to go to get yourselves to be really unique. No, I mean, um, I think what we're doing is unique because, um, I mean, like with Bambino, I, I haven't really seen anything like that before where, you know, they kind of mix the noir sci-fi, you know, uh, a boy who's basically, you know, dressed as a mobster, flying around with a uh, Tommy gun, shooting up robots. You know, I haven't really seen that. And that that's one thing that we're kind of striving for is, you know, to be different. You know, don't be like everybody else. Um, for example, some of the other stories that we're kind of having the mix that we're talking about, you know, there's a lot of, you know, historical fiction, you know. Uh, one story example that, that we kind of discussed is maybe having a, um, you know, a female hero, like a female figure um, that was a female uh, bootlegger back in the 20s and, you know, bring her to bring her to light in a historical fiction uh, type of uh, graphic novel, you know, stuff like that, just... Um, you know, being different, you know, not being like the other indies or the other major comic books, you know, kind of thinking out of the box there. I'm glad you said something because that was going to be my next question. Like when you guys sit around, do you guys even talk about like diversity and inclusion or is that just like on the back burner and you guys are just like, look, I have this great story. Here's what I'm thinking. Does any or does it happen like here's a story and then someone says, how about we make it a woman to appeal to like women or how about we make this like a Latino to appeal to this group? Does those type of discussions ever happen with you guys or? We, uh, yeah, they, they do. Um, uh, for example, when we uh, when we put out our submission requests on Facebook and a, uh, on a couple of forums and pages, you know, uh, the fir- first day, the first couple of hours, we received a ton of proposals but i noticed one thing there was no women no no women submitted a story no women submitted art and you know i, I thought that was kind of weird I, I was saying you know how come no women are submitting you no know, stories or art to uh to our page so i actually uh, and that's one thing that we want to do is we want to be inclusive to everybody you know lgbtq you know uh female doesn't matter what religion you are race age whatever we want to be inclusive to everybody so uh you know, when we didn't get any proposals from women, you know, kind of, you know, struck a chord with me and said, you know, what, why, why, why not? I mean, how come we're not getting any female views um, coming in? So I actually joined a, um, it's actually a funny story. I joined a female writers page on Facebook, a horror females writer page where you had to be a woman to sign up. And you know, I I joined the group and I told the um, the person that ran, I said, hey, I'm not a female, but you know, this is the reason why I'm joining the page. I want to, you know, have some of your members, you know, submit their stories, you know, submit their art. I want to, you know, we want to publish women's stories and women's art. And it's funny, they actually made me uh, an honorary female for today. And once we joined that uh, that group, we, we got some more submissions. And, and you know, the art and the uh, the, the stories that they submitted were, were amazing. And I'm, you know, glad I went ahead and did that. That's great. <laughs> That's excellent. So you, um, so how many do you think you end up getting from that group then? Um, I would say we got about about fifteen, fifteen right now, which is um, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but from from going from zero to fifteen by just joining uh, one group was uh was I guess successful in my mind. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, this has been like a boys' club for so long, right? Yeah, and I, I feel like you know it, it shouldn't be that way. You know, there's a lot of you know 
great stories I see that these female writers have been uh, putting out there. And I think you guys just had an author on um, Christina, Kristen Stovall. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we started looking at her book and, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's great. Like some of the, some of the stories that, you know, these female authors are putting out now are, are, are incredible. And, you know, someone like that who's not writing graphic novels per se, I feel like would be great in the graphic novel world, you know, writing comic books. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I think it's time that we starting, you know, you know, embracing the female authors to come in and writing more graphic novels because there's a lot of great stories out there that they're writing and, and it's incredible. Yeah, I'd be kind of interested in seeing like, you know, like for instance, like you guys created Bambino. If like a female author were to come in and like do her story with Bambino, you know, how, how different would it be or how, you know, how would she view that, that character? Yeah, that, that would be awesome. I mean, if, I think that'd be a great idea if more uh, more comics did that. You know, if they had you know stories that have been written by males, you know, bring in a female to give her perspective on the story. You know, you know, change it up a little bit. I mean, give it a fresh uh, fresh take. Yeah, because a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, this still happens. Like for instance, I know Robert and I spoke about this before uh, when they picked a woman director to do Punisher Warzone. Like, essentially, when the internet was in its infancy, they were just, like, aghast about it. But yet, it was the most true, like, version of the Punisher on screen up to that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get what the, uh, the big deal is with people. I know people complain about it all, all the time, you know, especially um, I see people complaining about uh, Thor that uh, Jane Foster's going to play Thor. But I, I think that's a great idea. Like, I think Natalie Portman's going to do a great job. Yeah, and that's and, and it, it's kind of an interesting thing because we've talked about this a couple of times with different people, but it's in in comic books themselves, there there is a is a is a strong direction of moving more towards diversity in in who plays what characters, and it's and it's kind of slowly picking up in the movie world as well. But it really kind of is starting in the comics where they're where you guys are on the front line of showing diversity in stories, showing diversity in in character types and who plays what. And it really allows for a lot of of growth, and then that kind of shows, you know, all the rest of the media. Oh well, they can do it. Well, maybe we'll be successful. Oh, let us get on that bandwagon. But you guys kind of are out there first, and a lot of times the comic books just don't get the notice like the big movies and big media does. And you guys are kind of saying, oh well, you guys are just for these guys or just for those guys, you know. And you're not really for everybody. But it's not it's not really the case anymore. I mean, my, my, my daughter, who's, you know, 12, she's reading, she's reading graphic novels and she's reading some very interesting stories about very diverse groups of people. Um, and you know, she's not going to find those in regular books as much. And she's not going to find them as much in like 10 years, five years ago, even in comics in any form. So it sounds like what you guys are doing is really kind of pushing some boundaries and opening it up for a larger group of artists to kind of get together. Um, so I wanted to give you a chance here to kind of go into and, and give yourself a little ad push, if you will. Where can we find it? When is it approximately coming out? And, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm excited. Tell me if you know what the cons you're going to go to in Florida are, because that's our neck of the woods. Um, yeah, so uh, Florida, I, I have to discuss with uh, Mike. He's going to be uh, the one that would be attending the Florida cons. But uh I know right now um, I'm in discussions for attending the Greater Philadelphia Comic Con in April of uh, next year, as well as um, Geek Fest over here in uh, South Jersey. 
Um, but people can find us on face or on uh, Facebook at Legacies Comics Inc. And on Twitter and Instagram, our handle is at Legacy underscore Comic. Um, and basically, this uh, horror anthology is going to be coming out sometime in December. And we have a couple of uh, big names attached to the book, um, making some guest appearances. Uh, right now, we're working with Mike Scott of the 76ers, who will have a role in the Zombie Hunter story. Um, and as I mentioned before, we're working with Wet Movie One and Aaron K. Carter, who's a um, horror director out in Hollywood, um, for the Hog Hunters story that's going to be part of the anthology. And the good thing about the anthology is um, we are going to raise money. Some of the proceeds for this book are going to go towards a local charity for mental health awareness. And, um, you know, that right there, you know, is a good cause. And I feel like, you know, more comic companies should be given back to whether it's local charities or even, you know, providing some money or books for, for kids in uh, the classroom, you know, to get them off the street and get them in the books. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter and Instagram for any new updates or, um, you know, we're posting pictures daily and some teasers daily with this horror anthology and, um, that's where you guys can find us. Awesome, and I'm I really I'm definitely going to keep in, we're definitely going to keep in touch with you guys because if you guys end up coming down to Florida and doing some cons down in our neck of the woods, we'll definitely come out uh, to whatever con is next year and then try to find you guys and say hey, remember us, and then get some pictures and stuff. So that'd be very cool. Yeah, plus I'd want to like, uh, I want to pick up like a like a first run of one of your one of your books, man. I need to get that. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we can definitely ship one down to you, man. That, that that'd be our pleasure. Yeah, I would definitely like like to put that in with my collection that I'm slowly amassing. Um, Robert can attest to it. I'm slowly putting together like my favorite books, and and now that we have this platform where we get to talk to new authors, I've been doing the same thing. So, looking forward, man. I, I would re- that's like my thing now. Like first Hot one, first edition. That's what I want to get now. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, we'll have to send one down for you. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. That would be fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. We're really excited for your comic. Um, we'll definitely be pushing on our end all the promotion we can to get you guys some business. Uh, if you guys are listening to us now, make sure you're listening to us on PodCoin. Uh, we are on Twitter, and we are also, of course, promoted by Anchor. But come see us on Facebook and YouTube. We'll be pushing the, the stories that he's going to be promoting on his comics. We're talking to him here now and his comics will be out real soon so if you're listening make sure you go pick up a copy wherever you can uh check out their facebook page you can absolutely get a copy there as well and get more instructions on where to go and where to get it if you're going out to the cons look for them and um is your horror anthology going to have a name or is that still a secret or is it just horror anthology horror anthology uh right now we're working on the title but we uh we plan on announcing sometime in september with a reveal so follow, follow on Twitter and Instagram and wait for that big reveal. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, well, we thank you well. for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. And, and Ernie, because we love art, we love comics, and we love promoting the little guy so they become the big guy and bring us along with them, uh, if you will, please. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.